Look at these public servants in the building next to us. They're working so hard, having their little coffee catch-ups in the window and looking out at us doing our podcast. It's yeah, well, well past stuff quiz time, so I'm not sure why they're all gathered around it's actually past, there. It's past four o'clock. Get out of the office. It's past four o'clock. Grant Robertson would be a much bigger threat to Lamingtons than Lamingtons would be a threat to Grant Robertson. Now the slushies! I wonder whether or not anyone ever asked Barack Obama and John Key if they met because they were of similar age. High taxing, big spending, big government. OK, Boomer. National will get New Zealand back on track. New Zealand is the greatest little country in the world. Hello and welcome to another week on the Iron Duke podcast, your semi-weekly catch-up of all things policy politics, where we take you through our peaks and our pits, interesting bits, and anything that fits from around New Zealand and the globe. I'm Principal Consultant Byron Terrace, and today live in studio, I'm joined by Senior Consultant Maddie Burgess-Smith. Great to be back with you for another episode, Byron. This week, we've got one week to go before the election. One week. And then Byron and I will have to find alternative personalities. But until then, we are going to run you through what's happening in the House of Representatives. We're going to talk about Winston Peters, we're going to talk about the OCR, and lastly, we will extend our sympathy and condolences to the currently COVID-inoculated Christopher Hipkins. Byron, kick us off. What's your peak of the week? This week, my peak is not actually from New Zealand. We're going to take a little bit of a look at what is going on in the chaos of the U.S. House of Representatives. Now, many people won't be familiar with the U.S. political system. It's bicameral. It's got two houses of Congress, two houses of Parliament. You've got the lower house, the House of Representatives, and you've got the upper house, the Senate. And in the line of succession for the President of the United States of America, you have got number one, line of succession, Vice President Kamala Harris, and number two, ladies and gentlemen, you have the Speaker. So this is one of the most important positions in the United States of America, is the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Until two days ago, it was a bloke named Kevin McCarthy, who's one of these kind of hyper-conservative, duplicitous uh, Republicans from the House, and he has just been voted out of the seat for the first time in US history. Why? Why? Great question, Maddie. He had been negotiating with the House Democrats. Bear in mind, McCarthy's a Republican. They don't like the Democrats. The Republicans control the House. They have a majority inside the House, only just. Republicans being centre-right. Well, no, just right. It's just right and Democrats left. Democrats being just, on just, the left. It's just right and left. But for New Zealand, they're all on the right anyway, given we're kind of a bunch of lefties in this country. Anyway, McCarthy had been negotiating with House Democrats on a spending bill like the budget bill here to try and keep the US government going. Every year we get to this point in the federal cycle where we negotiate and we kind of say, do we pass the budget or not? It's complete chaos. It's very different from what we have here. And Kevin McCarthy had been negotiating with Democrats, bear in mind he's a Republican, behind the back of his own caucus. (gasps) And he'd already been facing a whole bunch of controversy around some of his opinions on Ukraine, some of his opinions on social issues. So he was just freestyling. He was just vibing. He was just vibing. And the vibes for this guy... They were off. Some upstart from the floor says, you know what, screw you, I'm going to put it to a vote. That passes by 216 to 210. Wow. Like close as all hell. Eight Republicans, eight of his own team voted to get rid of him, to flip the house. 
to flip it. Yeah, but you can see how that happens in New Zealand politics as well, even from like a smaller scale. Mm. All parties have factions. You've got the cool kids table where I would be, and then you've got the nerds where I would be. Exactly. You know, and we'd just hate each other. It'd be awesome. Precisely. And, and that's that is how people come to power is they make friends and they make enemies and then stuff like this happens to you. Two sixteen to two ten. That's really, really close. It's outrageously close. And it also shows that the factionalism was inside the Republican Party has got out of control. They can't mm. even just agree what we stand for anymore. We can't even agree whether we want the US government to keep going and funding itself and actually paying salaries. And It's got to the point now where the US House of Representatives cannot pass legislation because they do not have a speaker. The acting speaker, who is essentially the minority leader of the House, said, I don't want the job. Someone else come up with the job. So you now have got a week, you've got seven days, to figure out who the hell does it next. So listeners might remember the last time they were going through to basically pass their spending allowance or pass their budget, and it didn't happen. Do yeah. you remember that? The, sh- the great shutdown of the Trump government. And so basically they had no ability to spend money anymore. They couldn't pay salaries. The so doctors, teachers, anyone who worked for the government did not get paid, which led to massive walkouts, massive strikes. They closed the Grand Canyon. The really? Grand Canyon was closed because it's technically operated by the Park Service. Oh wow, true story. Yeah, but you could still go and look at it, like you know, you you if could you walked there if you were there, but yeah. there was just no park ranger to to pick up the rubbish or say this is the Grand Canyon. Amazing, they closed it. Wow. You just go on at like the north end of the canyon instead or something. Exactly. So New Zealand, bear in mind, we're going through our own little election yeah, with our hey, own little great, things. Great we, contrast. But we are not the USA, so. Like for all of the sadness and all of the lackluster and all of the boringness of our election campaign, we are not the USA. So just count your chickens. Hooray. Thank God. Maddie, what is your peak odor week? Speaking of counting chickens, I'm counting my dollars uh, as a um, a victim of the cost of living crisis. Punishing segue. Oh, honestly, last, last week, remember payday was on Monday and I said to Debarren, on the Wednesday, can't wait for payday next week. That's how well things are going here. My peak of the week for that reason is the OCR holding strong at 5.5%. It has not increased. Now, the reason that this matters is this is the first indication of us starting to get inflation under control, us starting to get the cost of living under control. At the same time, house prices remained flat for September. Now, that is the first time in 17 months that there hasn't been a drop in house prices. 17 months, that's not all- 17 That's months. awfully specific. They've been going downhill. It's all over for New Zealand. It really it's is. It's all over for New Zealand. I just our entire economy <laughs> is based on our house prices, and if it's not going up, it's over. Household living costs are up 7.2%, which is roughly in line with inflation. And what I want to discuss, because I think this is really interesting, is the cost of living crisis is hitting everyone quite differently. So if you are a higher income, higher expenditure household, you are doing worse than if you are a lower income, lower expenditure household because most of our inflation has been driven by interest rates, hence why the OCR matters because when the OCR rises, retail banks increase their interest rates, people pay more on their mortgage, more on their car loans, more on their borrowing and consequently if you're on a higher income, you generally have more debt. So those in kind of the top 10%, their household expenditure has actually increased by 28.3%. I've never felt so sorry for rich people. Then I have right here. Like I feel so bad for rich people. Oh, I just think it's fascinating. I think we should give them a tax break. But it is really important. And to be honest, if there was any way that 
Adrian was going to be able to throw Grant Robertson a bone, it would have been to decrease the OCR, which would have been like a really large indicator that spending was under control, the economy was going well. Because keep in mind, those guys have been saying that publicly. When you take a step back, we have international ratings agencies. They've had a look at our economy and they've said, it's okay. And every New Zealander who has to buy anything, fill up the car, pay the mortgage, knows that that is fundamentally not true. Pay the fuel, fill up the mortgage, it works great. (laughs) So OCR, holding tight peak of the week because I mean hopefully for a lot of New Zealanders those of us uh, on high end salaries and high expenditure as well as those who are really struggling uh, things are starting to get easier Cosy lives still the number one most important issue that Kiwis care about right According now to 63% of New Zealanders yeah really important that's right Ipsos issues monitor there it is Byron pit of the week yeah, my pit of the week is actually um, solidarity with our last remaining MIQ patient, our last <laughs> remaining man who is you know fully committed to the cause. He's making sure that he's locking down on behalf of all New Zealanders mm. so that we don't have to. He's basically a COVID Jesus. Keeping he's, those legs closed. He's going through hell right now <laughs> in one of New Zealand's most luxurious and expensive hotels so that we don't have to. That's what he's doing. That's this guy. And this guy, ladies and gentlemen, is... That's right, Labour Party leader Chris Hipkins. He's an absolute COVID hero. That's what he's doing. Is this the nail in the coffin for the campaign? Your polls aren't great and now you're not able to get out and about like you usually would? Absolutely not. We're still getting incredibly strong support on the ground. He's now holed up at the Cordis Hotel. The man... So what? The man over I thought he was at his house. The boy from the hut, the cosy club kind of king, is held up in a cost of living crisis at the Cordis, formerly known as the Langham Hotel. In Auckland, yeah. And what's interesting is that he was kind of saying, oh, I'm just going to, you know, isolate from a hotel, blah, 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 you know, be really responsible and not, <laughs> not go out. And he did the Zoom call. There's, you know, these silly Zoom town virtual halls. Town virtual hall, town yeah. halls where you're like, rah, 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 and it's a Zoom call. No one's giving you feedback. You don't know what's going on. Everyone else is on mute and probably asleep. That's my dream. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's just 10 people in the same room <laughs> with lots and lots of phones and laptops all signed in on different accounts <laughs> to make it seem like there's lots of people there. Conspiracy theory. Anyway, he's sitting there, and on the table, I have a quick look, and I'm like, that's the... That says welcome to the Cordis on the table. Is this is this guy in the middle of a cost of living crisis? I know he's the Prime Minister and he deserves a nice hotel room. Is he really isolating during the middle of the campaign in the nicest, most expensive hotel in Auckland? Is that what he's doing? Because that's what's you, going on. Can I ask you a question? Oh, yeah, sure. If you were the leader of the Labour Party and you only had 15 days to go and you felt a sniffle coming on, would you have sucked it the f*** up? Or would you have tested? I would have probably said, oh, I've got a bit of a cold, so I might take... That's the correct answer. <laughs> that is absolutely what he should have done. Yeah, look, it was a... Pathetic. Uh, it was an interesting decision. He's running scared. It's an interesting decision um, th- that he's taken. And also, unfortunately, he has been quite ill and he did not look very well, so it was a pretty gnarly flu that he got. Um, but, boy... Bad time to get sick, Maddie. Have Name a time where you've ever got sick. I haven't been sick. There we go. I've Fantastic. Taken one sick day in my career. Look at that. It's that's, like not even a made-up statistic. Yeah, it's not actually made-up. a family up. business. That's fact. Slaves. That's fact. Uh, and so while he's at the Cordis Hotel, the Deputy Prime Minister, Carmel Do you Cephalone, hate the Cordis? You're really fixated on this Cordis piece. I, I seriously dislike the Cordis. It's in the wrong part of Auckland. It's not, a, it's not an amazing hotel, but it's immensely expensive. Mm, and it's a, bit, it's a bit snobby. Unlike me. Um, so, Deputy Prime Minister, using the Crown limo all around New Zealand. That's fine. Hoons. to do. Pardon? Hoons. She's a boy racer. Oh, all right. Okay, the car. The car hoons. Yeah, no, cool. Okay. Got confused there for a moment. So, yeah, 
Deputy Prime Minister Carmel Cepeloni has been hooning around in the Crown limo doing Labour Party events under the New Zealand government paid for limo. I thought, you know what? That's fine. Chris Luxon does the same thing. You know, it's, yeah. all, it's all good. But then, you know, I asked someone in a meeting the other day, it's like, oh, what do you think of the deputy the de- deputy leader of the Labour Party? How do you think they're going? And they start talking about Carmel. And I was like, oh, no, 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 hold on. Don't forget that it's not Carmel. It's actually I old know. mate KD. It is Kevin Davies, Kelvin Davis, the man about town that is definitely someone you don't kind of want to... He's not even the Kevin McCarthy of New Zealand. Like, if, if we want to talk about who's in line for the throne... No, he's he's not actually. Trevor Mallard in Ireland is probably closer to yeah. a successor. Yeah, than uh, than Kelvin, and so it just highlights that during this campaign, the reason this this whole thing is my pit: Chippy catching COVID, Deputy Prime Minister rolling around in Crown limo, people not being able to name the Deputy Leader of the Labour Party in the middle of an election campaign. I, it, messy. It's just a messy time. For the Labour Party campaign. People are really over the election. There's absolutely no doubt about that. The level of fatigue is very high. Voter turnout we already know is, is going to be is low. Advanced voting at the same period in time Slowed. is lower. It's 50, we, we're only at Thursday, but we're 50,000 votes down on the same period of last year. Amazing. The 10% who are undecided internal polling for a lot of parties shows that they're just not going to turn out at all. So we're already down to 90%. Keep in mind, last time we got to 82, which mm. was really, really high. Uh, we're not going to get there. Yeah, no, so that's that's my pit. Uh, the whole kind of, the, the way the Labour Party campaign's going. So Maddie, what's yours? What's your pit? Bring us down. My pit is the way the bloody New Zealand First campaign is going. And the reason it's my pit is because it's going pretty bloody well, isn't oh, it? Nice. I see the reverse psychology in your pit. I'm furious. It's pretty well known that I, I despise anyone who race baits. I despise anyone who peddles misery or scaremongering in politics. And sure, you could say that is a lot of politicians. But there is one politician who stands out above them all, and that is Winston Peters. I challenge listeners to, off the top of your head right now, think of a single party policy from New Zealand First this year. If you've been listening to our podcast, you will know that there are a few, such as investing in the Dargaville Aerodrome, New Zealand's most important strategic asset in Northland. Just shocking. The 6% of New Zealanders who are behind him need to wake up <laughs> and decide who they want to be and where our country wants to go. It's actually despicable. I think, I think they're just angry. So here are some fun facts about Winston. He's now holding so strong that the last three polls have said that he's in. Last night's uh, News Hub poll, he is the kingmaker. Nats and Act have got 59 seats. Labour have got... 53, he's got eight, right? We're back in the same position we are in 2017. And if you want to see three years in which nothing gets done, if you want to see three years of disruptive, divisive politics, then sure, get your vote in behind him. But I genuinely hope that those who are doing this understand the repercussions of their actions. Tell us what you really feel. Tell us what I really feel. In 1996, it took him eight weeks to decide who he wanted to go with. And as I was talking about... He goes on holiday. In a cost of living crisis where New Zealanders deserve a government who is going to get on with getting this under control, that is the last thing we need. He he literally goes on holiday. He takes two weeks off. Every single election, he takes two weeks off, goes up to his Northland house. He hasn't chosen national in 27 years. What makes anyone think he's going to trust them this time around? What makes anyone think he's going to choose them this time around? He's if you were a cartoon no character, you'd have steam coming out of your and ears. one of those like, little like, anime square things <laughs> on your forehead as well. He's currently third in New Zealand's preferred Prime Minister polls. This guy is a total asshole. I'm very scared, New Zealand. I'm very scared of what just happened. We've said it a million times. Elections 
should be a contest of good ideas and Winston Peters doesn't bring a single one to the table. If anything, he makes New Zealand a worse place. Thank you for listening. He's going to be 81 at the next general election. In 2026, he will be 81. 81. Still like the guy needs a re- he needs a he needs to retire. He needs to have some time off. You know, he's given his entire a, body to New Zealand. He is a narcissist. He, oh, he needs a break. Look, this guy this guy's been up. a really good, long serving foreign minister. You know, he just we should probably just say, hey man, take some time off. It's all good. You just go. You just go, man. Okay, I'm getting dizzy. Keeping now. in mind, look at the people sitting below him. Shane Jones. Yeah, Shane Jones, uh, one of New Zealand's laziest politicians, apparently. He's really good at farming out responsibility to others, such as he did with um, the Provincial Growth Fund. And watching porn on the taxpayer dime. That was, yes, that was quite something, wasn't it? Like, let's not let people get away with this sh- Andy Foster, a former mayor, you know. who Andy Foster, who single-handedly, I blame, responsible for the fact that Shelley Bay isn't housing Wellingtonians who need and deserve homes... You know, I would like to see a New Zealand first get 4.9%. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. Let's move on. Well, Maddie, let's uh, let's do our segment that we do for the election campaign. What is your policy of the week? Mine is a lovely little one from the Labour Party. Now, context of this. For both major parties, support in the over 60 categories is still quite soft. And when we say soft, it means people are saying that they are going to vote for, you know, red team or blue team, but they could still be persuaded. So they're trying to lock in and harden up that support. And what the Labour Party have come out with, I think, is kind of sweet. It is a new anti-scamming unit to help protect Kiwis' money. And we know that, by and large, that is um, elderly people. My nana once got in a bad scam. So this is, wasn't a digital one, but someone knocked on her door and said they'd paint her roof and she wrote them a cheque for $3,000 and never saw them again. Wow, so that, that does actually happen to people. Yeah, they said her roof needed painting. My roof needs painting. That's probably why she was always so angry. I'd be angry if I lost three grand. Mm. I regularly lose three grand. It's just my own decision making. Well, you're one of those people we were talking about before. <laughs> That you despise. High expenditure. High expenditure. What is your policy of the week? My policy of the week is actually a uh, New Zealand first policy. Go f*** yourself. (laughs) Why would you do that? They're going to build a dry dock in Northland. We're going to be able to service our ferries in New Zealand. I think that is an absolutely wonderful thing for the regions and I really look forward to a strong New Zealand first national coalition funding development in the regions. They are buying votes in Northland. That is what that dry dock project is. That is the one seat that they may come close with. They won't even come close. F*** them. That is the one seat they are seriously contesting is Shane Jones in Northland. You know exactly what that is. That is pork barrelling and that is disgusting. Did you wear black and grey today because you knew you were going to have a heart attack about New Zealand first, whose colours are black and grey? Interesting that you would notice that I'm wearing new pants today, but you wouldn't notice how provocative that uh, comment was. Actually, you probably did know that. You, you, you're just getting under my skin deliberately today. Yeah, and I got some good ones for you in the hot and hot as well. Oh, here we go. Kick us off then. The Cordis Hotel. Hot. I just, I don't care about these things how you care about these things. The Space Minister. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Minister for Intergalactic Affairs, no thank you. And, but it's part of the tech thing, right? And last one from me, um, cosmetic surgery is a concept. Choice. That's all I have to say on that, freedom of choice. As I said, high expenditure. <laughs> <laughs> Do not read anything into that. Um, oh, that was good. 30% of the entire MMP vote share currently sitting with minor parties. Hot. 
Easy vote cards. <laughs> no one's got them. I don't even know what they are. Not. There's a little card that you take in. Oh, really? Because I haven't got mine. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, Paula Bennett and Brooke Van Velden, besties. Look, just absolutely for the lols, hot. We love a lady in pink. We do. Public service announcement, listeners. You don't actually need your easy vote card to vote. You can just show up and pick anyone other than New Zealand first. <laughs> Until then, we'll see, see you next week. week. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. <laughs>